doesn't mean we carry a cross around everywhere we go. We follow him. Where did he go with his cross? He went to a place of death and he laid on it and died upon it. And it is a call for us to deny ourselves and to put our flesh to death. To die daily. To our will. And our this is not popular as far as marketing is concerned. But this is the call of the gospel. And so it doesn't happen by accident. There is a cost in living and following and serving God. There is a price to be paid. If you want to climb higher to what God is calling you to come. And so I'm going to be really upfront about this today. There is a price. There's a price. Um, you know, Christmas is coming up. Our, you know, I, I start seeing folks at the church. We're, we're two months out. They start counting down. And, and uh, it's a very exciting time of the year. How many, how many of you like Christmas? Right? Great time of the year. Everybody's a little nicer. Smiles a little bit more. It's fun. But... Um, and, and shopping is not my strong suit. I am thankful for Amazon. I, I think I can do all Christmas from my desk. And that's a beautiful thing. Uh, that's a very th uh, wonderful thing. And yet I, I noticed uh, one year how, how much cheaper things get after Christmas. Have you ever noticed that? Things get cheaper after Christmas. Uh, there was a site uh, several years ago that I came across. And it was uh, Cairo.com. And they had their after Christmas sales. And after Christmas, things were 30% to 50% off after Christmas. So I pitched the idea to my family. Why don't we celebrate our Christmas like a week or two later? You know, I'm trying to tell my children, you know, hey, we can, we can do more. And, and it could be a great thing. They did not buy into it because uh, there's something about that day, Christmas. But... But, but we are used to, after Christmas, we're used to things going on sale. We're used to things getting cheaper. And, and, and the signs going up and, and people returning and seeing what they can do. And so all of this that goes to Christmas, and we're used to that. But, but the first Christmas that we celebrate, things did not get cheaper afterwards. In fact, I would submit to you, if we go to the birth of Jesus Christ, things got increasingly expensive in his life. You, you go from a child and, and a family having to flee to Egypt and, and then to live in Nazareth where the, the Nathaniel's court, can any good thing come out of Nazareth from there to living life on the run. And then as you go into ministry, the scrutiny that would uh, take place as people would try to trip Jesus up and try to bring scandal upon him. And then eventually he would be falsely accused, arrested, tortured, and executed. This is what took place after his birth, that it got increasingly expensive in his life. And so here's what one of my concerns is, is that when we have Christ born in us, birthed in us, when that new birth takes place and we are filled with the Spirit, if we are not careful, we adopt the mindset of our culture that things should get cheaper now and then when we start living for God and we start finding out, no, there are some prices to be paid. We're not careful. We're like, hey, this is not what I signed up for. From God, there is a call from God for us to come higher. And there's a price associated with that. Well, once you understand, this is one of the, maybe some of the paradoxes of it, is that it is this price that is paid that really allows what God wants to do to flourish in your life. To flourish in your life. If you look back in the scriptures, we see this taking place throughout out the scriptures with different individuals that would uh, take place. 
and, and, and these discussions that would happen. For instance, Jesus has this conversation with the, the mother of James and John, and, and here's what she's saying. Grant my two sons of mine that they can sit one on your right and, and on, the, on the left in your kingdom. The kingdom is coming. Man, what a great day that's going to be. So can we, position, we can, can we position the boys in the right spot? And here's what Jesus says. You have no idea what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink? Be baptized with the baptism that I will be baptized with? And they said, we're able. And Jesus said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority of them. Yet it's not going to be among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus has this conversation, and he's saying, this, is, this kingdom that, that you're thinking of, I, I think maybe you got a little bit of a wrong picture. Because there is going to be a price that be, is going to be paid. There's a baptism, there's a cup to drink. And he says, in fact, this is sort of a reversal, a great reversal from what we are used to in this world. In this world, it's how can I be great? And here's what he's saying in the kingdom of God. It's, it's when I humble myself and serve that greatness really takes place in the kingdom of God. Greatness in the kingdom. We see in the scripture how many times are those who press through, whether it's a woman who has an issue of blood that presses through to the hem of his garment, the Syrophoenician woman who, who is able to say, yes, Lord, but even little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And yet time and time again, those who made the effort, those who pressed through, those who humbled themselves, they left not regretting the cost. They left with the miracle in their life. And that's what I've come to tell you is on the other side. There is never going to be a regret in your life of any price that you have paid to climb up to where God is calling you to be. But there is glory in the presence of the Lord as he spoke about last night. And if you were to talk to Moses who made the journey up, he would tell you it was well worth it to be in the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. So let's, let's look at a, a few of these examples of those who climbed up Abraham is one of these guys that climbs up. Abraham, who leaves, pays a price, and leaves to follow Yahweh, to, to follow the Lord. And in doing so, leaves so many things behind. And, and yet, there's these instances where it was not easy for Abraham because he was following God. There were troubles. There were battles to be fought. There is times where he is going to set free his, his nephew and... and uh, these pictures that take place, one of them is, is about this unique guy, the king and priest of Salem, uh, Melchizedek. Melchizedek's an interesting individual. The Bible says he brings out bread and wine. He's the priest of God Most High. Abraham gives him a tenth of everything. And, and he's really only mentioned twice in the Old Testament, yet nine times in the New Testament in Hebrews alone. This king of righteousness, king of, of Salem, priest of God and the Most High, he is this interesting character because he's both king and priest. And as we'll see throughout the scripture, it would be Jesus that would bring the kingship and the priesthood back together, this priest. And 
And this thing is taking place in this, this area of Salem, this ancient area which later we would come to know as Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And God already has something going on here hundreds of years before Israel's ever a nation. He's got something going on here. Hundreds of years before that would ever take place. There is this, this interaction that takes place with Abraham. And, and uh, when Abraham has uh, had uh, success in, in freeing his, uh, his, his nephew and on, on this mountain that would take place, that uh, God had fight, fought with him and for him, excuse me. And Abraham's very careful to, to make sure that it's not a perceived that, that anybody made him rich, but that the blessings of God Most High has been with him. And so it would be here that this ancient place it would take place. But later on, there would be a revisit that would take place with God. When Abraham is tested to sacrifice Isaac in the land of Moriah, the region of Moriah, Genesis 22 would say, on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. So later on in Abraham's life, there is this testing that takes place where he's called to climb up on one of the mountains and offer his son, his only son, his only son, Isaac. And it would be here, Genesis 22 14, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided, where Abraham would say that this is a place where the Lord will provide, that instead of taking the life of his only son, that there is a ram there's an animal that has been prepared to be a sacrifice the lord will provide it and yet what's interesting about this call to go up and this call to sacrifice is this is a, a first mention sort of in scripture that this is labeled as worship as worship this this early this call to go up this call to sacrifice and yet and yet it's we go yonder to worship abram abram's able to label this as worship now in our day and time we have to be careful about some of these things because because worship is like a genre of music right or a place where we go to church a, a place of worship and can be and should be but here there is a connection between worship and sacrifice that that worship is, is there, there's something drastically wrong when we think of worship and the only thing we think about is dancing and shouting and screaming and yelling and and that is worship and yet the first time we hear this record of worship it, it, it's not about a dance routine it's about somebody coming to offer something to give a gift a sacrifice to pay a price where the Lord would say now I know now I know that you serve me and that you love me more and even the things that you value the most. So one of the things you have to realize when God calls you to go up and there's a price associated. And you start to invest your time, talent, and treasure. You start to expand your mind and your heart. Is that, that it is just as much worship to God. As a man you run an aisle on a Sunday evening service. Just as much worship different environment different context that when you're called in to to serve him that every time you serve and every sacrifice that you give you are demonstrating to yourself to God and to the whole world that you value something someone above the things of this world this sacrifice that you've humbled yourself it is a call to go up to be with him time would go by and there would be others who would have history in this area in fact David 
Solomon would have history. David would count the fighting men throughout the land, and as a result, the lives of 70,000 are taken by a plague that is released on Israel. And it releases, it gets to Jerusalem. And then David has this word of going, how we can stop this plague. He goes to the threshing floor. And there he goes to pay a price, to offer a sacrifice. Of course, the, someone volunteers to pay the price for him. And here's what David says, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord, Yahweh, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. David had this understanding that if I come to worship and offer something to the Lord, it has to come. Someone else cannot pay the price for me climbing up and being what God is calling to at this time. My parents, my friends, other people cannot pay this price for me. This is something that I am called, I'm called to do. And so it would be there. The sacrifice would be offered on the top of the mountain, and a plague would stop. Or how about Solomon? When Solomon would begin to build the temple, a temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, 2 Chronicles 3.1, where the Lord had appeared to his father David, it was on the threshing floor. The place provided by David that as time would go by in another generation, it would become to build a temple. There is a location that's already been set aside, and it has quite a history because as you go to this location, this is where David had come and sacrificed and paid the price and, and, and met. And, and you go back in this region, in this area, this is where Abraham has walked. Sacrifices throughout generations, covering centuries of time, going all the way back. Whether it's Melchizedek, whether it's Abraham, whether it's David, whether it is Solomon. And then years later, Jesus. Jesus would be in this area, in these mountains. <laughs> and Jesus would be a great high priest. And like Isaac bore the wood of the sacrifice, Jesus would put a cross on his back. And he would start that same trek. But unlike Isaac, not only would he bear the wood on his back, as Isaac had to go worship, he would also be the sacrifice. He would be the sacrifice that would be nailed to that cross. And suspended between heaven and earth. The greatest sacrifice of all time. And Jesus would hang there. And when he's hanging there, you realize. You're going all the way back. From a, a priest. And Abraham. And generations have come here. And sacrificed. And God has Time and time and time again honored that. But here is the sacrifice of all sacrifice. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And it would be at this very location that Jesus Christ would pay the price. He would purchase us with his own blood, as Acts would say. The greatest sacrifice. He would climb up and offer that. And that everything we have today is because he made that journey. He climbed up higher. He denied himself. I, I submit to you today in our short time this morning is that time and time again, 
You can talk about Abraham and David and Solomon and the temple and the sacrifices and time and time again. All of the glory of Israel and all the glory of the past. But many times if we don't overlook what, what started a long time was sacrifice and offering. But you even see Jesus with his disciples. And when he takes the cup and takes the bread, you see images of this flashing back to time and time ago. This sacrifice, this call to come up higher that Moses answered and Abraham and generations after. And ladies and gentlemen, we're part of the great church of the living God. And as we look back, there are great things that we can celebrate, that we can be thankful for. But I want you to understand, no matter who you want to pick out of the lineup, you want to talk about Abraham, you want to talk about Moses, David, all the way to Jesus. There was this call to climb up and the way to go higher, unlike what our world thinks, the way to go higher is through sacrifice. It's through demonstrating that there is nothing in this world that you value more than Christ and his kingdom. I'm going to make the journey. Of course, there are, it's not far from Jerusalem, Salem, but there is a valley, the Valley of Nome. And just south of Jerusalem, it would be here that the Canaanites had worshipped Baal and Molech, sacrificing their children in a fire that burned continuously. Ahaz and Manasseh, they, kings of Judah, they participated in this practice, this evil practice in 2 Chronicles. During Josiah's reign, 2 Kings, he would destroy the valley in order to make it unfit for pagan worship. During the period of Jesus' earthly ministry, it sort of had become a, a local garbage dump. It would be there that the trash and the dead animals and executed criminals and just those where there were no honor or be gone and consumed by fire, maggots worked in the fields, dogs, this, this association, and there's a stark contrast between the kingdom, the temple, and climbing up, and what happens when you reject the things of God, and this imagery that can even become an image to describe, to teach about hell, where hell will be like, where dogs can howl and gnash their teeth and fight over scraps. It is a stark contrast. And so as I mentioned to begin, is there is a call to come up higher, to meet with him for what he has in our life, but it will not happen by accident. It's on top of mountains that transfiguration takes place, <laughs> that changes takes place where there is a difference. It, it's on top of mountains. I, I, you know what I find so interesting, even about Mount Transfiguration, is that Moses is still joining on the top of the mountain. That, that in Exodus 33, when he 
cried out, show me your glory. And, and his prayer was not fulfilled to his desire that, that on that day, John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. That there is still this joining together on the top of the mountain. The presence of the Lord. The call to go higher. I want to share you a quote. It says, at the heart, at the very heart of the Christian gospel is a cross. The symbol of suffering and sacrifice, of hurt and pain and humiliation and rejection. I want no part of the Christian message, which does not call me to involvement, requires of me no sacrifice, takes from me no comfort, and requires of me less than the best I have to give. To give. The duty of a Christian is to be faithful, not popular or successful. And I read that years ago, and it impacted me, is the call to follow Jesus. I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for the great times and the celebrations. I love it. I want to be a part of it. But I also have to remember that, that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. There was a price that was paid. We live in an entertainment-driven society. There's nothing wrong with having a good time. and There's nothing wrong with entertainment. All of these things, if they're in proper balance and proper areas of our life. So I hope I don't come across today as Someone who is preaching against having fun and a good time. No, wrong for it. But I do feel to bring us back to this understanding. That God is calling every one of us to come higher. And part of that is you cannot go higher without sacrifice. Sacrifice is required to go higher. My... My brother-in-law is a pipe fitter in, um, in Houston. And uh, he works at NASA now. Uh, AT&T does these huge units. Used to work at the summit. Uh, was, used to be the old basketball stadium there. And uh, so he works on these major um, systems. And when he got married, their tradition is to throw a bachelor party. Of course, this is a pipe fitters thing, so it usually in, involved a club, scantily clad people, a variety of things. And, and my brother-in-law, of course, is a, a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus, and they understood that. And so they planned out his bachelor party like they planned all of their bachelor parties. But they showed up that day, and they bought him a brand new washer and dryer. Put it in his truck that day. And then they went and had his bachelor's party without him in his honor. So he was very thankful for the new washer and dryer. Took that home. But that night, all of his fellow workers were having a bachelor party. Behind him, and the bachelor was not there. But you see, it really wasn't about the bachelor. It really was not about Aaron. It was about their pleasure. 
the desires of their flesh. And you see, that is the challenge. Is that the things of this world can get so a hold of us that it means more to us than what it's really all supposed to be about. A bachelor party, it's in the name. It's supposed to be about the, the bachelor. But because the bachelor didn't fit in to their enjoyments, and their pleasures, and the appetites of their flesh, they said, well, we'll just go on without the bachelor. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is all about him. I don't want to go on and leave him behind because it doesn't fit with the way I see the world, <laughs> with maybe what some of my desires do. I want to humble myself. I want to draw near to him. I want to say, God, whatever, whatever the cost is, I want to be willing to pay. Why? Because at the end of the day, I want to come up higher to where you're calling me to, and I want to stay in your presence, and I want to be with you. And Lord, I am, I am willing to pay that price. Will you stand with me today? I went, to, uh, I went back a few years later. I just got interested. I was uh, sharing about this, and I went back to the website that had the 30 to 50% off. And they had a, a parked page letting me know that they had gone out of business. It was no longer there. I thought, how appropriate. Somebody that's telling me how cheap things can be after, after Christmas doesn't last very long. And somebody that's telling you that after you've been born again of water and spirit, there's never going to be a trouble. There's never going to be a trial. There's never going to be a price to be paid. There's never going to be a cost. It's just going to be all and up and to the right and smooth sailings. And you can just sort of coast on the streets of glory. I'm here to tell you, that's not the truth. It's not the truth. That to go up, you have to be intentional. It takes effort. There's a price to be paid. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me, does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, 
let him get the glory. And so while we glory in the first cross, let me tell you, there is a second cross. It's not the ones that were besides Jesus. It's the cross we're called to take up. Some people stumble over the cross. The reason you stumble over the cross is you were never meant to step over it. You were meant to humble yourself and take it. And so today, as we conclude this service, I believe there is a call in every one of our lives that the Lord is saying, come up higher. Come up higher. There are things that that you can experience that all of those who stay at the bottom of the mountain, Moses, they're never going to experience. That all those that say, hey, we're content to be a far way off. You go close to the Lord. We're content. They're never going to experience some of the things that you will experience, Moses, because you answered the call. And it takes a little bit more effort. you got to be a little bit more intentional. But I have great things, great gifts to give to those who will answer the call to come up higher. And so today, I wonder if we could take a moment of prayer. I wonder if there's anyone here today that say, you know what, I'm going to answer that call. I want to go up higher to what the Lord has for me. I'm willing to pay that price. I'm willing to make that effort. I'm willing to take that journey and to go up to what the Lord has for me. These altars are open. You're welcome to come.